Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Writing Cabin with Tara Benner. I'm fantasy author Tara Benner, and this is my cabin. We all need to escape into story from time to time. So come on in, sit down by the fire, pour yourself a nice hot cup of coffee, and let's talk books. Now, before we get started today, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank my wonderful patrons. Patrons, your support not only funds the creation of new monthly short stories, but it tells me that you enjoy my books so much that you want to support them and me directly. If you're not familiar with Patreon, Patreon is a platform that allows readers to support authors with a small monthly pledge. And if you would like to join our Patreon family, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash Labs. I create a brand new short story or piece of writing every single month, as well as a monthly video diary. And right now you can gain access to my entire library of Patreon exclusive stories for just $2. Or if you pledge $3 a month, you will automatically receive each new novel I release as an ebook. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Tara Benner Labs. This week's featured book is Ether Witch, Witches of Mountain Shadow, book one. The Grimes sisters aren't normal, even by witches' standards. For weeks, Fiona has been having chilling visions of death, and Eleanor sees restless spirits nearly everywhere she goes. When a string of gruesome murders rocks their small town, Fiona and the rest of her coven begin to worry that a fellow witch may be the killer. Even worse, a witch hunter has just moved in next door, and he suspects the coven. Right now, the entire Witches of Mountain Shadow series is available in Kindle Unlimited, so if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription, you can read it for free. Uh, You can also listen to the audio version of Etherwitch for free on my YouTube channel. Just search Etherwitch Tara Benner and it will come up. All right, it's time for my little life update that I do each and every week. And this week was kind of a weird one because I was out of town. I, uh, I took my almost one-year-old son and I flew back to Missouri and drove from Missouri to Illinois to see my granny um, for her 96th birthday. Um, she's turning 96 and my little one is turning one. Their birthdays are just one day apart. When I was pregnant with him, she would call me like all the time and say, oh, make sure that he's born on my birthday, which was like four days before my due date. And I just didn't think that was going to happen. But he, he was born really within like 11 hours of her birthday, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, we stayed with her. And it was, it was really great to have that quality time to spend. And, uh, but of course, you know, anytime, anytime that you have to travel, you have to deal with the things that coming along with traveling and traveling with an 11 month old by yourself is quite the endeavor. Uh, I'm not really sure that I will ever do it again. Uh, at least, I mean, traveling with my son being as little as he is without my husband, uh, we flew 
And uh, my granny bought us uh, our plane tickets and she jumped for first class so that I'd have more room with him. And uh, so the way there, it wasn't bad. The, the issue is that he's walking now. And so he just wants to be on the move. I could bring all the toys in the world on the plane for him. And he doesn't really care about that. All he wants to do is pull the little brochures out of the seat back pocket and walk around the plane. And so that was a challenge, just keeping him still for that long. Um, <laughs> but we made it in one piece. And I will say it was a little bit unrealistic on my part because I brought my laptop and all my work stuff. I brought my ergonomic keyboard and my mouse thinking that I was going to have all this time to work um, because, you know, when he was napping, I would work. But that did not go as planned. I did not open my laptop once the entire time I was gone, which, you know, it's nice to have a break, but I was really counting on that time because I am desperately trying to finish edits on uh, Dragon Kingdom 1. <laughs> and what happened was anytime he lay down to sleep, I had to lay down with him. So nap time came. I would have to lay down in bed with him and sleep with him in the bed because once he was asleep, I couldn't leave because he's at that stage where if he woke up, it would just take him two seconds to roll or crawl off the bed. He doesn't really understand about edges. And he was also usually laying on me. So that was kind of a bust. Um, but then on the way back, we missed our 5.15 a.m. flight if you can believe it. Um, my mother-in-law drove us to the Columbia, Missouri Regional Airport, which normally like is no big deal. You can just like walk through security. There's no line, like everything is easy. But there was this whole horde of international travelers. I have no idea what they were doing in Columbia, Missouri, but they were all ahead of us and there was a lot more scrutiny. And of course, I was facing a lot of scrutiny with security because I was traveling with um, milk for my son and snacks and baby wipes. And so, you know, they had to take the little litmus test strip and hold it above the bottle to make sure there wasn't any explosive residue or whatever they check for. So just barely by like a minute, I missed them closing our flight after I had gotten up at 3 a.m. and woken my baby up at like 3.30 a.m. So that was not fun, but we did find another flight home. We made it back, not in first class, um, but we made it back. That was the important thing. I was very happy to be home and get back in the swing of things. So that's what's been going on with me this week. Uh, as far as writing goes, I, as I said, I thought I was going to get all this work done, but I did not. And so my writing update is not super exciting. So I'll try to keep it short. I am on chapter 29 of 33 on my revisions. What's taking kind of a long time, I realized, is tying up some loose ends on world building things that I really needed to think through to make sure that the world is as rich and realistic as possible but also so that things are kind of set up for future books in the series. And so this is thinking through things like 
religions and the culture of different groups of magical beings and the geography of the continent they live on and the outlying islands. And if you are a patron, you may be reading along with the prequel novella, The Silver Flame Dragon, and this second part that was released at the beginning of the month, um, there's a little bit more explained about the monks who live on the Isle of Valenti, which incidentally is one where one of the main characters grew up, which was in this monastery. And so there's just a lot that I have to know um, for the novella, for the novel, for future short stories, one future short story that I'm planning. Um, but then also, you know, the elves, what is their belief system like? I have developed a lot of lore that kind of goes into their history and how things got their name. And, um, you know, there's this whole backstory of the Flame Branch Forest, which features very heavily in book one, how it got its name, how that's related to the relationship between the elves and the dragons and their belief system, and kind of the start or the origins of humans and their really antagonistic relationship with the elves and the dragons in the book. And, you know, all of these groups have their own culture and beliefs. You know, there's the dwarves, there's the ogres. The humans are interesting because there are humans that have kind of this made up religion, but a lot of the humans are actually much more secular. Um, I think a lot of fantasy novels and series kind of cop out and they just very generically say like the gods, plural. <laughs> Um, so it's not anything really specific, but I didn't really want to do that because if I did that, I would have to know who these gods were and I'd have to make up like a lot more. And I was also thinking about kind of the political climate that they're living in with the current monarch, uh, King Eldritch and basically how the loyalists in the kingdom are very secular because they view the king as kind of their savior from the dragons, from the elves and the other magical beings. And so they almost have this like godlike view of him, but really it's just kind of an affinity for the royal family and Eldritch of the Iron Shield. And so that's been interesting to kind of think that through. And I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited for some readers to get their hands on this. I need to make an announcement because I am going to be adding a few more beta readers to my team this time around. So if you read epic fantasy, um, high fantasy, and you're listening to this in the middle of August, reach out to me because I, I'm looking to add three to five, um, new members to my beta team. I'll probably make an announcement in my secret reader group on Facebook. I'll go there first because I feel like those are my most devoted readers. Um, it's also a much smaller group because I don't want to get, you know, a bunch of people and then have to kind of pare it down. I'd really like to be able to accept anyone who writes me and says, I write, I read this genre. I love your work. I would like to read this also. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I really need to get some feedback on this and get some other eyes on it 
because the biggest disadvantage to taking so long to revise it is, you know, I took a week off in July. I took several days off in August and I've forgotten things that I changed. I'm like, did I change that? Or what did I decide for this? And I have to go back and find it. It's taking a long time. I'm sure I've missed things. And so my next phase, which is usually the last editing pass I do before it goes to a professional editor. There might be another pass in there somewhere, but I read it aloud to myself and I really need to move through this phase really quickly because that way I don't forget things from, you know, between chapter one and chapter 33. It's the book is almost 107,000 words at this point. So it's kind of long and I have gone back and forth on things. It, you know, I've rewritten the first chapter three times. I've rewritten lots of bits and bobs in it. And so I just really need to make sure that everything is how I think it is. So that's what I'm working on. The other news that's kind of exciting was uh, if you are on social media at all, you know that I ran a really big promotion last week on the Fringe Collection, books one through three. Uh, I had it for 99 cents, which I've never done before. And I had all these promotions set up, um, particularly uh, I had a BookBub International deal, which is like gold for indie authors. And last week we were the number one bestseller in the Canadian Amazon store in our category. <laughs> so I took a screenshot of that. I was really excited because I had the little banner that said number one bestseller. I'm like, ooh, I've never seen that before. I may never see it again. So got to capture that. So I don't know if I can start calling myself a bestselling author. Maybe I can. And then if people dig deeper. I'll be like, well, I was the number one bestseller in Canada for an hour. <laughs> but that was exciting for me. So anyway, that's it for my writing update. Now it's time for what am I reading this week? And again, this is me thinking I was going to have scads of free time while I was out of town and I did not. I brought my Kindle. It wasn't even charged. I didn't even realize until I got home and I'm like, this thing is dead. But the last few days, I have had a chance to dig into my newest book, which is From Blood and Ash by Jennifer Armentrout. And uh, she is one of my absolute favorite paranormal fantasy authors from way back in the day. I was reading her in probably 2013. Whenever I got my first Kindle, I was reading her stuff. I may even have read some of her in paperback before I had a Kindle, but she's fantastic. I love her so much, and um, the new book does not disappoint. I am only a couple chapters in, but I'm, I'm hooked. The world building is really interesting. I, I love the concepts, and uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted. I'm really excited about it. It was a recommendation from fellow author and friend of mine, Lindsay Sparks, and she loved it. And so I'm, I'm also loving it. That's about all I have for you this week. But before we go, let's check the mailbox. And we had a reader, Michaela, send me an email in response to my last newsletter that I sent out. And Michaela writes... I always enjoy getting your newsletters, even though I never have time to read anymore now that I'm a mom. It seems like you're always reading something. I don't know how you find the time. So thank you, Michaela, for that response. 
It wasn't really a question, but I'm going to treat it as such. Um, first, let me say, I totally get it. It's difficult to find time to do the things you want to do as a mom. And it's really great because it sounds like that you've been with me now for your pre-mom and like post-mom journey. So maybe you've been with me for a while. Thanks for being a reader. Um, So as far as like how I find time to read having an 11-month-old, I actually find that I have less time now than I did when he was a little tiny baby because I'm nursing him a lot less. Like we're in the process of weaning. And before that was how I got all my reading done because I could read on my phone. I could read on my Kindle. I could even read a paperback when he was just like a little squishy newborn who didn't try to like grab things. And now I have a lot less time, but I still do, you know, sometimes read on my phone when I'm feeding him. The other thing that's been a tremendous lifesaver for me are audiobooks. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And um, right now I have an Audible membership, but I also have the Overdrive app, um, which goes through your local library. And actually they're getting ready to switch over to Libby. And so I'm going to have to download the Libby app instead. But you can check out all these audiobooks from your library for free. And you can put holds on them. If they're really popular, they'll come in and they'll notify you and you can get it whenever it's available. I listen to so many audiobooks this way um, because audiobooks are really expensive and I personally could not support my audiobook habit on what I make as an author. Um, and so, you know, in addition to buying audiobooks, I get a lot for free from the library. So if you're a mom, I definitely recommend audiobooks um, because you can do them while you're, you, you can listen while you're washing the dishes or driving or folding laundry or, you know, if it's just a time during the day where you need a little bit of like mental stimulation. (laughs) So thank you for sending in that response. And if you, dear listener, have any burning questions or comments you'd like for me to read on the show, you can send them to tarabedner at gmail.com, or you can post them on any of my social media channels. I am at author Tara Benner on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I am Tara Benner author on YouTube, please do subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm almost at 800 uh, followers on YouTube. My goal is to get to a thousand. So help me out. Um, And you can also join my Facebook reader group, Tara Benner's Reader Revolution. That's all I have for you this week, but feel free to stay in my cabin for as long as you like. It's raining outside, so we can drink lots of coffee. You can crack open a good book hopefully one of mine, and have a wonderful weekend.